we have a special, special treat. And we are so blessed to have Dr. Marina Sorochinsky. She is an interdisciplinary scholar with a master's in forensic science, psychology, and PhD in psychology and law from CUNY. She is currently an assistant professor of criminal justice at St. John's University. Welcome, doctor. How are you? Thank you so much, and uh, I'm really happy to be here. Thank you so much for uh, stopping in. And um, how's the family? How's the kids? Oh, they're wonderful. They're a handful as usual. <laughs> great, great, great. So uh, let me dig right in then. Um, so why the focus on wrongful convictions in serial cases specifically? Um, so... We recently, myself and um, actually Dr. Matthew Johnson has uh, first started this research in looking at and identified some of the cases uh, that uh, there's basically a trend where in, in a lot of series we find, well, actually a lot of wrongful convictions, proven wrongful convictions are actually uh, cases that were part of a series. So in other words, an individual gets wrongfully convicted for a crime that is actually part of somebody else's series of crimes. So not just a single crime, but a whole series. And it's a big problem because um, when somebody gets wrongfully convicted, the true perpetrator remains out. And okay. so they actually have a chance to continue with their series. They actually have a chance to, um, to victimize more people. So it is even more of a problem than um, somebody who gets wrongfully convicted for a single crime where, you know, there's no continuation. So um, it's it's a really important um, uh, topic, I think. Okay, because, great. Uh, we got a lot to uh, unpack, so I want to keep mm -hmm. it moving here. What are those investigative challenges? How are they different from other cases uh, of WC, wrongful convictions? So in... Um, in serial cases, the investigative challenges are um, particular because in addition to regular, you know, understanding, figuring out who done it, uh, the challenge is uh, determining the linkage. So linkage blindness is part of why somebody gets wrongfully convicted in the serial crime, because when if the investigators didn't uh, figure out quickly enough that this crime is actually not a one-off offense, but instead part of a series, and they investigate it as a, as a one-off offense, okay. um, they um, basically are running a risk of completely um, kind of taking the investigation in the wrong direction. Okay. You might want to tell uh, the people in the household that you are live on air because we can hear them very clearly in the background. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. That's right. Look, this is a working house. We totally understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, who are your students, and do they know about your wrongful convictions before um, they come into your class? Sorry, I have a baby, so I I told, listen, it's always a you, you get a free pass. You hear me, Doc? All right. So as I was saying, who are your students, and do they know about your wrongful convictions before they come to your class? So, um, because I teach in a criminal justice program, my, most of my students are planning to go into either criminal justice administration or um, 
continue on their their studies in law school uh, so these are basically our future the future of our legal and criminal justice system and uh, surprisingly enough very many of them don't know nearly enough about wrongful conviction even even though it's been out on, in the media quite a quite a bit uh, in the recent years um, many of them find it very surprising when I uh, discuss those issues and, and find it, uh, you know, eye-opening, mm -hmm. uh, the degree to which our system is, is not doing uh, everything in, in its power to, okay. to rectify the wrongs as well. So how does teaching about it help the innocent movement? Um, well, what difference do you think you're making or impact? I I think it's really making a difference in that I'm infiltrating the minds of the of the incoming young generation of professionals. So well they said, can't well said. once once they know it, they can't unknow it. So when they get into their careers and and become the new DAs and become the new attorneys and or you know criminal justice administrators, they have that background. They understand uh, the responsibility that they hold, you know, for, for the people and for, for doing the right thing, for doing their job right. Because in, in many cases of wrongful convictions, if, if just one person actually did their work in exactly the way that they should, it wouldn't have happened. Great, great. Um, so you're also having students work with exonerees or recently released wrongfully convicted individuals. Can you tell us about that? How's that going? Um, so, yeah, so some of my students in one of my classes, forensic psychology class, um, the students, we, uh, this is a, a collaborative project with the Jeffrey Deskvik Foundation. Jeffrey, I know you are very uh, familiar with, uh, with him. Absolutely. Um, and so we uh, collaborate together on helping, basically pairing up students with some, with exonerees and, or, or people who are working on their exonerations, but they're recently, uh, come out uh, on different aspects of re-entry uh, process. So helping them with technology, helping them with social media, finding out how to best, you know, create their profile on, on the internet, because there are a lot of those people have spent many, many years uh, behind bars. So they're behind on a lot of the, you know, modern, uh, modern stuff. So uh, basically that's, that's what the, the project is about. Great. So um, what impact does that have on the students? Because I know it's really making a positive impact, but I hope, you know, so what do you think? What's... I've, I've, I wasn't even expecting the degree to which it impacts students. So the, the, the reflections, the, the essays that I got from students who have completed the work um, mention life-changing experience and eye-opening realizations that they got from from working with uh, those individuals and and say that it's re reignited their passion to uh, to be to become a voice for the voiceless and and help make our system better so it really uh proven my point that this is the, you know the difference that it makes with uh getting into the younger minds and, and getting them while they're still fresh and able to to get into the system with that mindset of wanting to do the change because Great. change really happens from the bottom up. So I want to wrap up with this. Um, 
What are your plans for the future and how are you planning to expand this work? So um, actually, I'm really excited to have the university very much on board with um, these uh, these initiatives. And we are currently in the process of um, establishing a center within St. John's University that will focus on a variety of issues, uh, helping exonerees as well as uh, just people who have spent, uh, you know, uh, a long, lengthy time behind bars and um, uh, so working with, with uh, past prisoners, helping them with educational opportunities Great. and so on and so forth. Okay. I got to wrap up. I just want to say, Dr. Sorachinsky, it was a plum pleasing pleasure having you as a guest and uh, appreciate all the good work you're doing. Continue to let your light shine. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. And don't be a stranger. All right. You're part of the. Well, uh, I'll, I, I look forward to seeing you as my guest speaker on Monday. Thank you. Oh, thank fantastic. You. Uh, you just you just shocked my or, or surprised my engineer. <laughs> thank you. I, and I look forward to it. And you are, like I said, part of the Triple E's Education Empowerment Entrepreneur Family. OK, thank you. God bless you.